0: to get started visit plushcare.com weight loss that's plushcare.com weight loss welcome back mem style over hey. substance episode eight.
1: yay I feel like we should have a like a soundtrack at the back where they got like a studio audience where they go <laughs> yeah the classic. <clapping. laughs>
0: we made it this far <laughs> how are you
1: yeah I am oh I feel like a a turkey in the oven <laughs> or on a like a hog on a spit roast right now <laughs> honestly like every pore on my body is just like secreting sweat yeah sounds disgusting but it's true
0: <laughs> so for context um, it's been what like between 33 and 35 degrees for the last few days yeah in in london in 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 the uk and um, and that's pretty mm. unheard of because guys we yeah. don't have air conditioning
1: No. And not for this long. Like, normally, if we have like a 30 I, yeah. something day, I've it's like noticed. a random, yeah, it's like a August bank holiday kind of thing. It's like for a day or two, but not for this long.
0: Yeah, it doesn't last. And also, the temperature drops in the evening. Like, last night mm. at 10 o'clock, mm. it was still 27 degrees. I'm not okay with that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I would like there to be about 10 minutes where I'm not sweating. So, <laughs> I
1: know. listen, like, <laughs> global warming's going to finish us off this 2020. I
0: know, I know. because
1: <laughs> global warming hasn't
0: properly come for us yet. <laughs> it's starting, I tell you. It's starting. Uh, oh dearie me! Yeah. I saw something the other day that said that the Beyon, not Beyonce, the Shakira J Lo halftime show. was like the closing ceremony of the world (laughs) (laughs) and I really liked that (laughs) yeah after
1: that it was downhill (laughs) oh Oh god oh I mean I feel like also today we've got like quite a a juicy substantial topic that we're going to discuss and we're probably going to go over this 40 minutes that we normally designate for the podcast yeah um, but we don't care because we've done our homework this time
0: <laughs> <laughs> um and it needs to be shared yeah it does need to be shared um, um do you want to do you want to mention what we're going to be talking about a bit later on
1: yeah so before we do our fashion stories um this week we thought it'd be really good also because or oh, a friend of ours, Alyssa, had requested that we expand on this topic a bit more. And it's the impact of fast fashion. And we're going to try and put everything into context, give you a good understanding of what the industry of fast fashion in particular. Obviously, there are different sections to fashion, but fast fashion in particular, um, how that impacts impacts the environment, the way we shop, how much is produced, and how we as people particularly in the west who have so much choice how we can shop better you know put our money where we think it's better used really
0: yeah Yeah. so it's a big topic it kind of follows on from the boohoo.com controversy yeah
1: yeah I was like reading up about stuff and I was like boohoo should just like they should just sponsor us at this point because we talk <laughs> so much shit about them
0: <laughs> I, I feel like there's definitely going to be some sort of names names um blasted in this um, mm. but if if you're if you're if you're named and shamed shame on you
1: they know who they are yeah
0: yeah but before <laughs> we get into that juicy topic what, what's your fashion mm. story this week
1: okay so my fashion story is <laughs> i'm ashamed oh no (laughs) but um you know how i was on this like no shopping thing yeah Uh i bought something yeah i did it's really bad i know i know because last time i did this is only like
0: what three or four weeks you managed okay
1: yeah but that's the thing last time i did this i didn't buy anything except i bought a pair of boots when my birthday came round. and this time
0: so what what broke you know what it
1: was no, you know what it was? I um I I hate to I hate to say it, but I think I was going through like a little bit of like a uh, low patch, like, you know.
0: It like a half of us, a half a day of just like, oh what the fuck is going on?
1: And I was just feeling a bit low. And then it popped into my head, I was like, oh, you know what I really need? <laughs> Uh because that's how it gets you it like catches you in your low moments I was like I really need that like black midi dress that I had like I was looking at one before and I was thinking about it yeah and then I just thought let me let me just like snoop and I started snooping and the dress that I had my eye on like a month ago went down in price
0: and then it's like it's asking for
1: it it's asking for it so I have honey I don't know if you used it it's that like browser extension and it helps basically if you put things in your basket it will scour the internet for coupons to give you a discount.
0: Oh, you need to get on this! Yeah. Why so, have you got so? I think we need an episode on internet hacks by me. <laughs>
1: <laughs> on it? No, literally. I say this. I say this to my family. Like, I am good at internet shopping. Yeah. Like, this is my. This is my domain. Anyway, um, yeah, I get like discounts and slap that on. Gave me a discount, even more on this item and I thought fuck it I'm buying it and you know what I'm coming clean this is my AA meeting and I'm standing up and I'm saying my name is Mim and And I have a shopping problem (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I don't know if it was a if I had a shopping problem it was definitely yeah yeah, it was a moment of weakness so that's my fashion
0: story what's yours we forgive you we forgive you um my fashion story is that Selfridges have just announced their online rental collection. So you know how like there's quite a lot of websites these days where you can rent a dress or rent an outfit, and they've just announced that they're going to be doing that with. I want to call the website her H U R R. Okay, Um, yeah, that makes. Yeah, they're going to be renting like Ben Hur. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> they're going to be like they're going to be basically renting over a hundred pieces. Um, oh, yeah, from the Selfridges stock, which I kind of think is—I think that's quite cool. I think that's a move to yeah, um, a bit like how we were talking about sort of pre-loved. It's not pre-loved, but it's kind of like the rental yeah. fashion thing. And uh, yeah,
1: um, kind of what I have in like my notes for today is I briefly mentioned Rent the one the Runway. Yeah. And it's that similar, um, not market, but... Um, concept. Concept, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Hmm.
0: That's really so, cool. Yeah, hmm. so I thought that was quite interesting of Selfridges. But yeah, before we dive into our juicy topic, we're going to mm-hmm. do our terrible plugging
1: yeah this is actually your responsibility
0: oh gosh i'm like the most bashful person ever um we're not telling
1: them to listen to the podcast they're already listening we just want them to like
0: just like our stuff on instagram follow us it's style over substance pod on instagram um if you have any questions email us on style over substance p at gmail.com we have all our link tree like links on the instagram so whatever your preferred platform our emails there we've got all the information you Mm -hmm. can even call us professional Um, (laughs) and we're gonna do it at this end as well but there's a five-star review just waiting for you yeah Yeah.
1: brilliant professional smooth scarlet (laughs) <laughs> it's like you know that meme of um lady gaga where she's like phenomenal inspirational yeah. like, forward thinking avant-garde you know <laughs> that's all that, Scarlet. well that's
0: where we'll be in like in a few weeks time <laughs> who knows i'll just be saying like i demand it yeah, <laughs> so, yeah.
1: Uh,
0: <laughs> now that that's done <laughs> yeah
1: let's move on yeah so yeah um scarlet You have a definition of fast fashion, because I I think for people who, again, as we've said in the past, like you might not work in the industry, um, so maybe you don't understand what the fast fashion, what the fast means in the fast fashion, you might not have really taken, given it much consideration, so what's that definition?
0: So fast fashion is a term used by fashion retailers for designs Mm. that go from the catwalk very quickly into the high street stores. Mm. So basically it is the concept of seeing something on the Dior runway Mm -hmm. and the likes of a Zara, like getting that quickly produced so that it can be in stores within a month's time, if like, whatever their timeline is. Yeah, And obviously for a fraction of the Dior price. So it's a letting people admire fashion Mm -hmm. on the on the high high high-end catwalk um and being able to wear it from the high street at a low price yeah yeah
1: exactly it's um very often when you take it from design when we talk about 2020 like from design to selling it to a customer it can be two weeks and the likes of Zara for example have really not that they started this but they've really honed the skill of what's the most fashionable piece out there we can redesign it we can manufacture it we can sell it we can have it online and everything within two weeks and so that's the fast you know where the fast bit comes in
0: and so then I guess another sort of essential element that is manifested over time mm. is due to the fact that it's quickly produced, cheaply produced, mm. which is very important. Um, it means that it doesn't last that long. Mm. It's very trend-driven. Mm. So you, it, it's kind of that thing of like, it's not a timeless necessarily classic or it's not an investment piece. So it's, yeah. the, it's the classic where it wants discard it because you only paid like nine pounds for it or yeah and so it's like some people
1: buy a whole like wardrobe to go on holiday and then they'll just like dump it somewhere like their shorts got trashed in the sea so they're like not bringing it home with me sort of thing um but to follow what you said I've got like some statistics on like the global Mm -hmm. impact of um fast fashion so this is from the economist they say that a year 80 billion items are manufactured 80 billion and that was recorded for 2018 wow. um and as you said it's about you buy a garment and we wear it less than ever before you know we yeah they're putting out so much product that we can wear the items far less and it's like a throwaway fashion um globally sorting plants so you know if like you're one of those people who takes your clothes to the clothes bin like the recycling clothes bin Mm -hmm. sorting plants only deal with about 25 percent of discarded clothing yeah globally so the the remaining 75 percent is just like landfills or dealt with in other ways um and in the uk alone our small island Three hundred thousand tons of clothes end up in landfills and it fashion is the fastest growing category of waste
0: yeah i believe yeah. that for sure yeah. i mean
1: yeah what are your thoughts what are your thoughts on these ridiculous statistics
0: you know what's kind of crazy and we've touched on this before and like, yes, there can there are like micro trends. I would say that come up, like mm. obviously, like tie dye has been really popular this year and has like a had a new wave where it's not like hippie or like it's not a seventies yeah. fancy dress. Like yeah, little like cool things yeah, yeah, little things like that come around. And like, let's be honest, next year it probably won't be cool. So then it will all be discarded. Mm. But that like fashion like the runway fashion doesn't dictate these kinds of trends anymore so why on earth are we like buying into so many crazy trends or buying so many clothes I think what what you touched on earlier with with your your shopping blip is probably a big reason that we all do Mm. it is that Mm. like I'm totally a victim of I've had a bad day I want some new clothes because that's going to make me feel better. I'm going to wear something new to that plan. Even though I was going to wear that, I'll wear something new. Um, And then you buy it and you kind of feel better for like 10 minutes. (laughs) Yeah.
1: And I think, yeah, such an excellent point you made, like that connection, because in previous episodes we spoke about shopping during this global pandemic and we said buying clothes was almost a way for us to look to the future and how we see ourselves and what we're going to be doing and I knew that when I bought this dress I was thinking to myself oh I could wear this on holiday I have no holidays planned." yeah (laughs) but the point of like (laughs) yeah like so your point of like why do we succumb to always needing new things is such an excellent point it's like Will we ever, I mean, I saw an, an article, Business of Fashion, and the title of the article is, can we ever shake our addiction of fast fashion? Can we shake it? Like, it's just so it's convenient so and so cheap. Mm. D- does this whole, like, era of coronavirus, where we were, were, we were hoping that we would emerge as better people who bought more conscientiously, will we really? No, no.
0: <laughs> but you know what? I mean, I don't know if I'm the only person who does this, but mm. you I'll often like buy with like the aspiration of, you know what, I'm going to push myself up. My, I'm going to get that outfit that I wouldn't normally wear. I'm going to push myself. I'm going to get that because things are that much more affordable. You're like, you know what, mm. that's the person I want to be like next mm. month. And it's like this aspirational thing and it's all it's got all these like dreams they're selling us a dream with all this fast fashion and it's just it's crazy but the likelihood is my day-to-day clothing is stuff that i mean i'm still rotating stuff that like i had 5 years ago whether it like obviously permitting if it fits me or whatever but mm-hmm. i mean fast fashion's really dangerous it's it's crazy and so mm. when we're talking about fast fashion, the main offenders we're sort of talking about are the retail giants like Zara and HM mm-hmm. and Topshop. Mm-hmm. It's our like it's those, I mean, those are the main three, really. Like obviously every high street store does it. Like the likes of Boohoo.com in the style, yeah. like have taken it to another level. Like, yeah, because they crazy. dominate they dominate so
1: much of the industry um we take we say Zara but really it's Inditex yeah and they have a number of brands under them yeah I think the owner is like the richest man in Europe um and that says something like um you take H&M and they've got a number of brands under them they dominate so much of the industry that whatever they choose to do really sends shockwaves through fashion as a whole you were saying like how we're we're addicted to new and these these like giants have managed to craft this need for like every week there's a new drop and it's not just fast fast sorry fast fashion that does it there are other premium um brands that have cottoned on that they can make money even more money off this if they're dropping new things all the time and so 52 weeks of the year there's a new collection in essence yeah well
0: if you go on asos daily mm, which i at times do do, (laughs) like i i know when to stop scrolling on the new in section because i know when i've obviously seen stuff but like they they release stuff pretty much every day Mm-hmm, and that's mm-hmm. not necessarily new collection, I guess, on ASOS because it might be them acquiring new brands or whatever. But most of these websites, like Zara, Topshop, will be updating their, their inventory once a week so yeah. there's always that need and their and their propaganda their, mm. their marketing will be mm. an email being like hey girl it's nearly the weekend you need yeah. that outfit yeah. I mean the worst thing was when it was like super Saturday as they called it when the pubs were reopening in the UK I think it was the 4th of July wasn't it and oh they're like God. super Saturday you need that going out outfit you need that outfit It was like First of all I'm not going out. But <laughs> second of all, like what to a socially distanced pub I need like a new dress. Um Yeah. But they just yeah. they, they fill our heads with the idea too, which is kind of a problem.
1: Yeah. I mean that is a a perfect like segue into um there are, a couple, there are a few companies and brands out there. Obviously, there are countless smaller brands that are conscientious um, with how they market and what they produce and what they put out there and how often. But in terms of like big names that people recognize, we mm. take Patagonia, big brand, um, and their whole ethos is that we buy once, we buy well. And we mend what we have. When things break, we stitch it. And they what I found was amazing, the statistic was they are the singest, biggest, single biggest or largest, (laughs) whichever word, repair facility in North America. Wow. So they'll basically their business model is, yeah, they sell and they manufacture clothes, you know, like the outdoor stuff and the caps Mm. and whatever. And it's very like I don't know. It reminds me of like Californians buy a lot of Patagonia. Is that just me? It seems like a very like upper middle class, like bougie, (laughs) but we're hippie kind of brand. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, they're kind of like moving to not moving towards, but the whole ethos is that, um, buy well, mend it and we're going to help provide that service to repair what you've bought from us. Mm. um, And between 2008 and 2014, reportedly their profits tripled. So there is a way to make money and offer that service and advocate for buying less, but mending more. And and then you take Rent the Runway, like as we previously mentioned, they allow for people to buy luxury items or premium items not buy sorry rent um borrow rent it uh for a few days wear it to an event return it and they they are like the single biggest laundrette you know like their operation is primarily about um cleaning the items so they're ready for reuse so these two companies are making like they're making money off an idea that flies in the face of what fast fashion is all about. So it is possible. Like what do you think?
0: Yeah, it's definitely possible. And I've I've noticed these websites for renting dresses pop up, mm. but equally as quickly as they pop up, they sort of diminish again because mm. I don't know. It's that kind of a thing that I think. If you're going to be spending, I don't know, some of, and these dresses, might I add, like on these websites, they're nice dresses. It's not like renting a Topshop dress. Or no, top no, dress. no. They're like
1: up there. Yeah.
0: Yeah. They're like like mid to high end. We're not talking like luxury, but they're they're nice stuff. They're dresses that would cost a couple hundred pounds upwards. Mm-hmm. So when you rent them for a few days, it might be 20, 30 quid, 50 quid. But it's I It's quite affordable. Yeah. But I think people... I like, but I could buy and keep a dress or
1: mm. I, think, I
0: think people have an unusual sort of relationship with that because they don't always yeah. stick around these websites. But I do think there's something in it. It's a bit like the whole resale thing as we were talking about, like, it's a really clever way if there are those people who are worried about a one wear, one wear only rule, where mm. I've been picturing that I posted that on my Instagram, I can't possibly mm. wear it again because it's not now like, oh, I wore it to see friends on Saturday if you're one of those like Instagrammers who's mm. made sure you've got that shot of you looking at your foot and pretending you're not being pictured like <laughs> in your outfit, you're not going to potentially wear it again on like the next weekend to see different friends.
1: Yeah.
0: You know? Yeah. Um, which is like definitely ridiculous that you never wear your clothes more than once.
1: Yeah. 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 <laughs> but that's, that's going to make, that's such a good point. That's like flagged up in my mind because quite often and especially for people who buy a lot of clothes the excuse is that oh I buy these classic pieces because I can wear this time and time again yeah but in reality do they really buy it do they really wear it and use it to death
0: and probably not because they've got so
1: many other bits
0: I don't know if there's like stats on it I think it'd be hard to sort of like generate but I would say the fast fashion is fueled by going out outfits especially in women so like Mm. I don't know about you but when I go to work and I've witnessed other people when they go to work there's outfits everyone's kind of got like two three weeks of outfits and they're just churned Mm. through the whole time yeah Yeah. season but it's going out like I love to have fun I love to go out but like a lot of the time it's not really the occasion that you need necessarily like a brand new outfit or like some yeah. glamorous dress but you yeah. buy all these things for the times that you go out mm, and really holidays the proportion that those moments happen in your life is so much yeah. fewer than or and less frequent than obviously your day-to-day work clothes or your casual clothes that it's crazy they get you so much more yeah yeah
1: Yeah, that's, yeah, that's good. I was watching, basically I was going through a phase of doing a lot of, um, homework, let's say into menswear Mm. and, um, especially suiting men's suiting. I didn't know a lot about it. So I had to do some homework on it. And I was watching like YouTube videos and like, um, men's fashion bloggers and whatever. And there was, I think it was a Mr. Porter video. I might be wrong, but it was this one guy older man and he was just like passionate about suits yeah and he would spend thousands on these bespoke yeah. suits and um and he said like it's more environmentally friendly I have a suit that I will wear for years and it's true. Like men yeah. who are like, I'm not talking about like jeans and t-shirt guys. I'm talking about men who actually wear or buy into tailored suits. Um, they change the shirt and tie. They might have a few pairs of shoes, but really it's about like the tie and they change the cufflinks and things like that. And it's like yeah. a, a hot look. They are really saving on a lot of material and a lot of dye and a lot of um
0: wastage absolutely there's it's i mean this is the problem yes guys are starting to add to the problem if they're not the suit guys mm. like the likes of boohoo man all yeah. the love island guys like yeah. getting their like <laughs> their little capsule collections and whatever it is and love island i think definitely has made like men's fashion a bit like more like readily available and cheap and um, mm. but suit but it's still not on the same scale because suiting and stuff like that like you said a guy will have a handful of suits and rotate them and you can wear them obviously depending how sweaty you get at work but you just Mm -hmm. you you rotate them and it's it's not too bad and also more importantly you're paying a decent price because tailoring is a real skill and you're paying like the correct price for the. Yeah. Made. You really know who makes to your go stuff. Into tailoring. Oh. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Which leads us, I think, importantly, onto basically the biggest downfall of fast fashion is the mm. way it's made, the circumstances mm-hmm. in the way it's made. So if anybody's yeah. interested in knowing a bit more about that educating yourself one of my places of work actually made us watch this documentary it was called the true cost um and we all sat in a room and we watched it and bearing mm-hmm. in mind it was we we were a luxury brand mm-hmm. it wouldn't necessarily apply to us but you never know the people you're working with or what where mm-hmm. your, who your factories outsource And it was really important watching. So, that was a documentary predominantly about Bangladesh and that building, that factory building that collapsed, where the workers were being paid like barely any money. Um, So, I would definitely recommend watching that. Um, There's also a really good documentary about Forever 21 that I watched (laughs) for my dissertation that's called Made in (laughs) LA and it's mm. and it's equally terrible they've got they've got illegal immigrants making making their clothes in LA um and they can, the reason why that's bad is because they can get away
1: with paying pittance yeah, they
0: don't have for to, the same
1: garment they because they to, know that yeah these workers aren't going to complain about how much they're getting paid basically
0: and then it's equally, a power dynamic What's really terrible is that in the likes of countries such as, I think, the biggest problems at the moment are in the likes of Bangladesh, India, Pakistan, and Sri Lanka, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. it's all above board in terms of the fact that the minimum wage in those countries is so low because... Yeah. There's so much business being generated by it. And apparently, I don't remember hearing about this, but in 2017, Zara had a real problem when Istanbul workers were sewing labels into their clothes saying, mm. I didn't get paid to do this. God, I
1: think I remember this.
0: I think I remember this. So it was really controversial. Like, hey, eh, power yeah. to them. Like, yeah. Ooh, yeah, 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 yeah. But how dare i like a retail giant
1: you know what i have some
0: workers
1: i have some like notes on this because i was watching (laughs) something today and i didn't know this like i learned this recently yeah um we've we've obviously talked about how for a massive company not making excuses for them but just understanding the complexity of logistics it's it is a massive undertaking to know you know, 5, 10 links down your supply chain. We understand that. But so, for example, when you take companies like ASOS on their website, they say, you know, we have created a minimum requirement for ethical and sustainable sourcing when we buy from brands um, to Mm -hmm. be featured on our website or for our own private label. And we're focusing on what they call circular uh, fashion economy where they're recycling clothes and they also want to use recycled packaging and things like that that's what i saw on their website and Mm -hmm. obviously we know that that's the kind of trajectory that we want the industry to go into um but this documentary i was watching it it um they went to bangladesh and they were talking to factory owners um and after the incident that you mentioned in Bangladesh, when that whole factory fell on all these people and like Bangladesh and the garment industry became like spotlight. And um, might
0: I add the building was known to be unsafe. It, it yeah. Was, it was it, had like massive cracks. Yeah. In yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: Um, after that, um, the country uh, did try to like clean up its act and they have a government run like organization where like, companies that are compliant with like what's the word um environmental standards yeah it's called the bgmea they would be put on a register and if they want to export goods you have to be on this register sounds great it sounds like what you need like government regulation to say we're not standing for stuff yeah um so these two uh journalists pretended like they were they were from germany and they pretended like we want to start this fashion label we're two designers we need a manufacturer to like dye our clothes and our jeans and whatever Mm -hmm. and they went to this um battery and they were like yeah yeah yeah, cool we can do that the basically if you're going to dye clothes you need to make sure that the water you pump back into the rivers and stuff you're pumping back clean water so you need some sort of filtration system this factory their filtration system was turned off like and they had been closed by the government mm-hmm. um and they they were like you know don't worry about that we can still do the work for you but if you sign this contract there's a basically a different name there's a different factory name on this document cuz you're going to be contracted with them and they're going to pass on the job to us
0: and they do work,
1: this 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 other factory that's on the contract do work for massive brands in Europe and I'm sure North America, you know, one of these conglomerates and stuff. They do a lot of work. But in this case, they were like, don't worry, our friend who's on this register will pass this job on to us and we can do it for you. So that's what's happening. And when you take into consideration that like more, and rightly so, not a complaint, but as people become more conscientious and we demand for better pay for workers and more environmentally responsible actions, that obviously costs factories because they're going to have to invest in doing things the right way. Yeah. Exactly. Um, The price of our clothes that we buy either stays consistent or goes down. Yeah. So you can see how these for example bangladeshi factories are
0: like we need to scam the system somehow because we're not making money like we used to totally because that's that's basically one of the things that's in one of the articles i read earlier is take for example at the moment so maybe f- five years ago before the likes of pretty little thing boohoo uh, mm. Misguided, all of that took over the sort of like going out dresses. ASOS was mm. the biggest marketplace yeah find yep. anything. And mm. then the likes of these websites came along where you could get not only your £9 dress, but, but maybe with a discount because there's always a discount code for misguided. Yeah. And you <laughs> could get your shoes from there too. And your total outfit could be like 20 quid, which yeah. when you say that out loud, if you've got like birthday money now, if you've got given 20 quid, you can get nothing with that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Realistically, and then you, you could, couldn't be able to buy anything with that.
1: Yeah. I'd, and then you consider like you've probably paid for like annual next day delivery for yeah. a tenner. So
0: you're getting <laughs> yeah. it next day. <laughs> exactly. So the likes of ASOS then have to compete with that. So whilst they might have signed on to that register, they mm-hmm, are then mm-hmm. asking their production to basically squish those margins within mm-hmm, an inch mm-hmm. of their life. And mm-hmm. then that's where you get back onto this slippery slope of, well, it's got to come from somewhere. And let's be honest, it's not going to come from ASOS's pocket. It's not going to come mm-hmm. from the market. So it's going to yeah. come from the workers and all of that yeah. stuff.
1: Yeah, and this crazy. The same happens for factories themselves. Like, why am I gonna comply to rules that no one else is complying to? I am therefore less financially or economically competitive than them.
0: Just because of the moral standing when you know that Sheila down the road is doing it and paying like five-year-old kids like five P, you know. Mm. it it doesn't take long to realise I might need to make some swaps and changes. Mm, But mm -hmm, mm -hmm. the problem is, to actually resolve this, we all need to be prepared to pay a lot more than 20 quid for our night out outfits, which I think comes with age a little bit. Like, Mm. I'm much more willing to buy fewer things and enjoy them a bit more maybe i've got Mm. the whole like buying clothes thing out of my system yeah don't get me wrong every now and then like i would like a big a big asos parcel to arrive but reality Mm. is i normally send most of it back because i've done it on a whim um Mm. and i think considered fashion is becoming much more popular and as you become older you just realize like how best maybe to spend your money. I don't know. Yeah. I'm not great at spending my money. Don't get me wrong. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But I I think, I think sometimes parts of that come from it, but for sure, that's that's the biggest problem is, is almost like Topshop and Zara need to re-educate us on, I'm really sorry. Actually, this doesn't cost 10 pounds. Like this costs 20 pounds. If you want me to pay the lady who made this, the correct Mm. wage
1: yeah because yeah I definitely agree with you with age what do they say with age comes experience or something like that (laughs) but you kind of um you you have been able to like get all the trends out your system a little bit more yeah you've it's it's you're like we're almost being um, but we know our
0: style now as well yeah yeah yeah
1: um but the reason why like fast fashion has to shift so much, because you said of these small margins, they have to flog so much, mm. so many goods, so many items. Um, okay, I've got, a, I've got a, something for you to guess. Okay. okay. What is the average, in years, the average life cycle of a garment in the UK? One year. Oh. It's two. It's two point two years.
0: I I was going low, like because you I were was, going low. Yeah, yeah. that's that's really not long.
1: <laughs> it's not, and you think about like our grandparents' generation. Our our grandmas did like home ec, where you had to sew shit. Yeah, and like know how to mend stuff, um, and not and also- like.
0: I don't know if your your mum's the same or your grand. My mum remembers all her clothes. And I wouldn't say she's necessarily somebody who like is big on clothes. Like she likes clothes, but like no more than yeah. the average person. But she can remember waiting for an outfit or saving for it or buying mm. that suit. Like she remembers mm. those things. Whereas yeah. now we don't even remember probably half the stuff we have got in our wardrobes, you know?
1: Yeah, I mean, I will say that I probably do even like the cheapest stuff that I have. I probably, if I pull out, I'll be like, oh yeah, I bought this, blah, blah. But that's just me being weird. Uh, But I completely get what you're saying. Like my mum has the Dior saddle bag. She bought it when it first came out in the early 2000s. And she, every time she pulls it out, and she always makes this comment about, you know, I could put this on eBay and I could sell it for however much. And she's all, she always says the same thing every time she pulls it out. It's like, oh, I bought this when, you know, me and your dad first started going to Marbella. Yeah. And there was a boutique there and I bought it because I had my eye on it and I went back for it and blah, 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 blah. And there's like a whole spiel that she pulls out yeah. every time she pulls out this bag. So, yeah, definitely. There's far more of a history to clothes than we have now yeah. now it was like oh I'm going to Greece for the week and I need a couple shorts so let me just buy the same thing in three colors you I know? want some
0: co sets and I got this because that blogger or that Instagrammer yeah. wore it and I thought she looked nice so I got it um yeah um it's not yeah. quite got the sort of the same the same sort of storytelling I guess with it what else was I going to say? can't remember.
1: Yes. So my next, <laughs> next point that I, I thought would be. Okay. okay. Um, obviously like we like waste clothes like crazy mm. and being locked at home hasn't really stopped us because boohoo.com their share price before their scandal, um, was like an all time high
0: really yeah
1: it was at an all-time high people were buying boohoo like the world was coming to an end and in the afterlife they needed a bodycon dress <laughs> and, and um so a, a business fashion article a consultancy agency called Burstein, they basically said that five years worth of online growth had happened in six months in europe yeah what so the growth rate of online fashion had tripled within six months um, because we were all at home. It just goes to show that it's not about us going into shops. Like obviously there are places where the culture is all about going to a mall and sitting in a mall all day and shopping and spending your money. But we are still like so connected to shopping, even if we're sitting in our house doing nothing Yeah, um, that on, I mean, e-commerce comes with its environmental issues as well
0: oh for sure um, and just like to touch go back a little bit with mm. the thing the environmental impact because e-commerce has a real environmental impact with the uh, shipping it all over the world the mm. carbon footprint but when so like for context like you were saying about the water and having that run clear so Mm. they're making clothes on such a scale and so quickly that they won't be doing maybe a more thoughtful dyeing process they'll be doing the quickest that they're they're doing it to such a pile of clothes that the amount of toxic chemicals coming out of these things so like it's not just like making like the Fendi collection that maybe has a thousand max pieces because these clothes are limited this is like tens of thousands of that like tie-dye t-shirt you know like this it's just mass produced on such a scale that if you're not taking those correct steps those toxic chemicals, the fumes coming from the heat press or whatever, mm. like the the stuff coming off the machines. I don't know. It's it's not good. Yeah, it's
1: a lot. Like for um, for context, I used to work for a brand. Um, it wasn't fast fashion. It was like a premium brand brand, and we used to do leather goods. So it's not clothing, but just mm-hmm. so people at home understand the units that we're talking in europe alone our warehouse used to house about between 200 and 300 items yeah and that is not a fast fashion brand that is something that is made and planned for about a year to six months in advance granted a lot of items
0: with figures knowing the sale through for shops like they're all considered yeah exactly it's far more slower and considered Mm. process
1: but a lot of the stuff might have just been like key rings yeah a lot of the stuff little fiddly bits that we used to have like hundreds and thousands of of units that we could account for but a lot of it was stock that we were going to sell that we were hoping to sell through the years and so for people at home who maybe when we talk about these massive volumes just to give an idea that a company to be sitting on half a million units is not unheard no. of for one region of the world, you know, um, for just Asia or for just um, the Middle East and Africa or just for Europe or just for North America or just for South America. That's how these things are kind of like divvied up.
0: It's, yeah, it's like it's on such a scale that is mental like it's actually and also one thing that's kind of unusual because the business model that zara used to have before online fashion Mm. took over was very Mm. much like if you see it and you like it buy it it. because (laughs) there's no guarantee it'll be in store and we won't be replenishing it
1: yeah yeah now
0: it is like it can't do that because a mostly online, but also, like if if what a hundred people say, you know, when it's like, let me know when it's back in stock. Yeah, you're gonna <laughs> you're gonna bring it back in stock. You're not gonna be like, no, because we have like just a quota. And, yeah, we're and exclusive. Also, there's rumors that Zara, for their sale, mm. actually does puts like just. Um, cheaper items, they produce cheap items and put them in the sale that is not percent oh, discounted products. They make stuff yeah. just for the sale.
1: Yeah, so. that's not a rumour. I don't work for <laughs> Zara, but I know plenty of other brands who are in outlet and factory um, stores, like your Bistas yeah. and your... You know, those are the villages that you go to that are purely um, discount factory stores. A lot of the stuff is made for outlet and discount and that's their whole purpose. Um, So that adds, so it's not just the stuff that you see on the high street necessarily. It's like what you think is stuff that was left over from a season is not left over from a season. It is specifically produced yeah for off
0: season let's say and also so to to touch on the point that you made about um the the factory that housed that and how that would have come from that would have come from deep calculations of oh well this store in that location and this store in that location they sold this many of this bag and so we predict that this season like coming Mm -hmm. season that bag it's all come from like statistics and it's all come Mm. from research but with the way that fast fashion moves you can't do those levels of calculations so they just make a shit ton it's not like all you know the vest tops didn't do well last year like it's (laughs) there there won't be that i'm sure there's some form of buying calculations but it can't be as considered because it's just how mu- probably just based on how many units a factory can make in that time. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I have a statistic because I was going to do a quiz at the end, but I oh, really need to find sorry. Okay. Your quiz. So no, no, no. We're just going to have the, the, the quiz trickle throughout this episode. <laughs> this is my Let next question. Let us know if you, you get it right. <laughs> <laughs> So obviously I've already asked you to guess one statistic Yeah. based on what you were talking about now, how, um, you know, with fast fashion, everything moves so quickly that doing these predictions and percentage of growth that they want to, to make in sales and therefore they are going to produce X number amount of garments more their inability to kind of make those judgment calls. This is my next quiz question for you. Yeah. So again, this is for Germany, but bearing in mind, um, Germany in Europe, they are the second largest consumer of fashion. Yeah. Really? Britain. Yeah. Britain being number one, of course, is the Shock. only thing we don't do by halves. <laughs> okay. So it's just to give you some, like, the UK is worse. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. What is the percentage of new clothes that are discarded within one year? 30?
0: (laughs) No. I wanted to go higher, but I'm I'm scared.
1: (laughs) Okay, so this statistic is from um, a documentary by DW, which is like a journal. A broadcaster, so I don't want anyone coming at me for like inaccuracies. You can you can do your research yourself. It's (laughs) sixty (laughs) percent. Yeah,
0: really. I I mean, this is a sweeping statement, but I thought that that Germans were much more like considerate than (laughs) the
1: UK. They okay, they are, but you have to remember they are a massive economy in, in Europe. So fast fashion is very much a product of a growing middle class. The more money people have, the more disposable income you have, the more you, yeah. So this bearing in mind is new clothes um, discarded within a year. And so in large part, this counts for overproduction of items, which you mentioned. Yeah. And faulty goods, which may never go on sale. So it's not the fact that necessarily everyone right. is
0: everyone's discarding that stuff
1: their into and stuff yeah. Yeah. It's like H&M will make all this surplus. extra shit that they don't mm. need and they end up just like burning it or like putting so, it in landfills or whatever yeah. So
0: there was a big thing because of the fact that coronavirus happened mm. there was more surplus for in Europe than ever before because obviously Mm. stores weren't having stuff and I think it was a case of just disposing things like burning it or landfill and like Mm. not to get my mother Teresa hat on or my Joan of Arc (laughs) like thing but couldn't we like clothe the homeless or you know give them to charity shops or like or like food banks where people like couldn't couldn't we find like I mean not everyone's going to want a bodycon dress or something like that (laughs) but like couldn't we sift through things where it's actually appropriate or send them to like to countries that don't I don't know like obviously there's loads of causes that's
1: that's the thing um a lot of the clothes that you do donate which either they go through sorting facilities in the UK or they get recycled or whatever Or even if you donate, let's be real, even if you donate to a charity shop, they will bundle up a load of the stuff that they cannot sell and they will sell it on to um, retailers in poorer countries who will, I mean, people do it here in the UK. You know, you can buy like a kilo of um, vintage clothing at a time Yeah, and you can sell it at cart boot sales. Well, they do the same thing. They will bundle up a lot, sell it to other people in other countries who may be, live in poorer countries for example not all the time and so that they too can sell those pieces on and make a living for themselves so that does happen but I don't think it's the case where there are better uses for the clothes it's just that we have far too many clothes we could probably clothe the global population 10 times over do you know what I mean it's just that extreme
0: But then there's there's almost got to be a fine system, you know, Mm. finer clothing store that has more than a certain percentage of, Mm. like, surplus. I mean, that would probably get people fudging figures, but what doesn't have people fudging figures? Yeah. But I do think there needs to be some repercussions. Like, Mm. you know, it'd be equally like if there's a restaurant out there who's buying far too much food and throwing that away in the dumpsters every week. Yeah. That's really wasteful. They should be. There mm-hmm. should be a fine for that kind of a thing, um, but I mean, yeah. I mean, remember my uh, for a second. I
1: mean- <laughs> <laughs> No, this whole episode is a soapbox. (laughs) Um, Remember, I'm sure it was last year when Burberry got exposed. Again, it's not fast fashion, but Burberry got exposed for burning their trenches and their stock and stuff. And then they came out and they had a statement and they said that we're going to do better and we're not going to be burning our shit anymore. Um, But they're not the only ones to do it. They won't be the last. And
0: it's amazing so the, so the to... problem for sort of the luxury market
1: mm.
0: is the resell like concept that they can't sell off they can't sell every item and they especially like a trench if it's timeless and it's not selling like there's a limited uh like aura around these brands where it makes it hard yeah. so there's almost like even more even more of a level of ju- care and duty for them to get their numbers correct. Um,
1: it is. Um, it, what you're talking about is like brand protection. Yeah. They don't want to oversaturate the, the market, market with their stuff yeah. because then the value of their stuff will go down. And again.
0: also, like, they can't necessarily give their stuff away to a charity shop or whatever because yeah. they can't be seen. Like, you know, there's like, there's different sort of almost rules for for their brand protection um, yeah
1: I definitely think we should do like an episode on the luxury market maybe a bit more yeah. specifically and like how they view wastage and stuff but yeah it, it does baffle me as well how these massive brands that span globally are overproducing. Mm. um I guess it's because you always want to have that margin of in case there's an uptick. Like, for example, with Boohoo, they didn't know Corona was happening. And had they not had this excess of stock to kind of meet the demand, this Mm. increased demand in their stock, they wouldn't be making the money that they're making now because they wouldn't have had the stock to sell. So I guess it's like always this um, paranoia that they don't want to miss out on a sale from customers yeah, sure. and
0: also these remember like I mean no company happens overnight like it's mm. not such a, like, an overnight success but all these companies have like hit the scene so quickly mm. that then they need to keep up and be relevant because if they're not seen to be keeping up with demand you're mm. gonna go to the other five websites that do it because like there's so many of these websites I swear they've got all the same stuff on it because might I add like all these websites don't design their clothes yeah. Yeah. they they just so there are companies that basically do like stock shapes and you just mm. buy stock fabric and mm. you just that red fabric with that like block and it's it's mm. a mix and match. That's why you see the same fabrics on ASOS and on Boohoo and all mm. of that stuff and the same silhouettes. And don't get me wrong, there might be some in-house designers. Good for you. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> Good but, for you. <laughs> but, that's, but that's how they do it. That's how they – there's literally these, like, factories in China or these companies, and their main job is to create these blocks that can be mass-produced.
1: Mm-hmm
0: which is yeah. um, make my soul hurt.
1: Yeah. I think <laughs> one of the solutions that tends to be offered and I do support this as a solution, but we have to remember that when we say um, shop small shop for like local businesses, not for local, but shop in local businesses and yeah. support local businesses, a hundred percent. I think that that's, great but it's only good insofar that we support local businesses or small businesses that are conscientious about these things mm-hmm. because there are so many small businesses i mean like instagram yeah has born so many like instagram brands which is great i mean it's like commerce and business and entrepreneurialship, which is great but with when you're a smaller brand you don't have economies of scale like you do with h&m yeah. So you're forced with your limited resources and your limited finances, you're forced to buy these cheaper fabrics which are using synthetic dyes which use more water which are like running into the like the rivers and things which are killing off the fish, all of that stuff. Yeah. Because and and
0: remember in these if you don't have the choice. Well, that's potentially run- their drinking water mm, that you're you're ruining. Mhm. Yeah. So there
1: is Shopping local and shopping in small businesses. But even these smaller brands can fall victim to just going along with what we already know because Mm. they don't have that flexibility or that kind of leverage as Zara does to say to manufacturers, listen, we're not going to buy from you unless you comply with the Clean Water Act or other things like that.
0: And I would imagine it's more expensive to to be a considered brand Mm. and and it's hard to make money in fashion anyway so you've either got to really Mm. stand for your morals or kind of sell out a little bit so a project that I was working on um, at one of my last companies was um, we almost wanted to have a very transparent supply chain that you almost had a unique code within your accessory and you knew basically like the farm that your leather came from like the field yeah that your leather came from you knew which tannery we used like mm. the name of the lady who made your bag like the,
1: yeah so that
0: you could trace your journey and that to show that transparency which so mm. this leads me on to basically what H&M have stepped up to do so in the mm. last few years H&M have totally transformed their business plan and they are aiming for much more sustainable and environmental conscientiousness and mm-hmm. I'm assuming this is throughout their group so mm-hmm. they've got the likes of COS um, mm. un- and other th- other brands under their like
1: weekday and yeah. some others
0: Can't
1: remember. um, but, um yeah yeah <laughs>
0: But so what they started doing is before you wouldn't know where their clothes were produced and it was totally Mm -hmm. under lock and key, but now they have published basically the names of their factories, their addresses to kind of show a Mm -hmm. will of, you could Google this factory and check Mm -hmm. for yourself the Mm -hmm. circumstances and the conditions. So hopefully there's nothing Mm -hmm. to be found if they're proudly displaying these names. And Mm -hmm. then also, I mean, I've definitely noticed over the past few years, they've had like their own like considered or recycled or whatever collection. And basically in 2017, 35% of materials um, to make H&M's products were recycled or sourced sustainably. Um, Mm. And by the year 2030, their Mm -hmm. aim is to have that at
1: 100%. yeah.
0: So coming from a brand who was one of like the birth partners of yeah. fast fashion uh-huh. they've quickly seen that that's that we're not going to be like buying their clothes if they don't start stepping up to the plate yeah Um, that's
1: really good I think that those are the sort of targets we need to be working towards like 100% of recycled fabrics or sustainably sourced fabrics I mean hopefully they achieve it and they achieve it genuinely like every one of their partners are genuine about who's making their stuff it reminds me of that brand um there's one where they make like a lot of basics it's a us brand and on their website they say which factory made what and whatnot and how much it actually costs them to produce it it's like a it's like a breakdown of cost oh, and this. therefore they sell it at this price i mean before it was very much seen as like we're not going to tell you the factory that we source this from because competitors will just go to the same yeah, yeah. Factory. i was like why would someone buy a an airman's bag if you know where it's made and you can go to you can approach the factory and they can make you one sort of ethos or which by the way
0: don't try that it won't work
1: (laughs) (laughs) um it's yeah i think those are the the ways that we can make a difference but i mean i've said in the past really And I really believe this, although I am a product of my environment, like we can never truly be sustainable when we live in this capitalist world, because we're always going to feel the need to have more and to buy more. And we're always going to be encouraged to, to do that. And I mean, it's all well and good to think like to buy from certain places But we still have so much stuff in our wardrobe as it is. Most of which, which we've said, we don't wear, we don't use. We wear once. Um, I think for me, uh, I was trying to brainstorm, like, what are the solutions? And it's like, one thing that I try to do is when I buy a pair of trousers, like, I say trousers specifically because I've done this lots of times, but I will take in the, if I don't like specifically how it looks, I'll take in the waist because i can do basic basic level sewing i'll take in the waist and i might take up the hem or i'll go to a like a like a really cheap seamstress to take up the hem so mm-hmm. that it fits me in a way that i know i'm going to wear it sometimes we can buy things that are not quite right and we leave it in our wardrobe and it never sees the light of day
0: yeah
1: um i think we have to go through our stuff and be like you know what if i just took a Invest this in inch, it a bit more yeah Yeah, if I took off an inch there, I would love it. It would fit me perfect and I would wear it every week. And, like, not having your stuff packed away in the wardrobe where you can't see it. When you have Mm -hmm. your clothes on display, you're more likely to wear it. Because people are like, "Mm, "Forgot, forgot I had that. And and then, like, do some, like, like, as I said, I do basic level sewing. Like, I can turn an item inside out, pin it, and then stitch it, and then turn it back the right way around so it fits. (laughs) So the waist fits a bit better. So, like, until we actually look at what we already own, I think, um, and use it until it dies a death, these things that these companies are doing are only going to really, like, they're going to improve things, and I applaud them for that. But it's not addressing the fundamental need to stop needing things.
0: What's your view? Well, that's exactly it. And the problem is is that we live in a world where money is the ultimate commodity. I mean, Mm. as much as we've all had come together during this coronavirus pandemic, (laughs) one of the things that's ultimately shown is that money is the ultimate commodity. and whilst the clothing industry and the fast fashion industry makes and lines people's pockets like makes money and mm-hmm. lines like people's pockets um it's going to be hard for ethical choices to to take on take mm-hmm. off like i mean even thinking of it's taken stella mccartney a really long time i think to be taken <sighs> seriously yeah. do you not yeah. remember kind of like what she was met with with like what how dare you charge that for a non-leather item yeah it's a bit hippie this brand it's a bit like oh what are you doing like how can that be luxurious and I would say it's only in the last few years Mm. where I don't hear those comments around it and people Mm. just accept it but it took a really long time for people to like and people who would wear her bags were like the more Hip, and I say hippie in like inverted commas, but like, you know, that connotation of like, oh, that's that's, that's um, Joan down the street. She's been vegan <laughs> since she was for like, it was always that thing. And I think hopefully with the increase of people being more aware of what they eat with the likes of documentaries, like Ch- Game Changers and people like eating mm. more vegan things, like... And also, there are more vegan options around, like, even if you don't want to do it all the time, people are being more conscious. I think in time it will happen, but it's a a slow, slow Mm. (laughs) progress, I reckon. Yeah,
1: I think it's only as fast as the technology will develop to allow these things, Mm. you know, like, when she first came out, completely agree, it was like, why am I spending like thousands on something that's inverted commas plastic yeah. you know. and as her brand has invested more in the fabrics that they use in their own products to replicate leathers and they're more believable or they're more stylish let's say people are gonna accept it more so until yeah. we have some real like um economically viable alternatives to the way that we dye fabrics, the way that we harvest these products, the way that we sell things, it's going to be a slow trajectory into becoming more sustainable, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, there's so much. What, what would you suggest is the best way to shop better spend your money more wisely and like minimise your effect on um, the environment?
0: Um, definitely to try and cut out impulse buying. Like... Mm that gloomy day you've had a rough day at work you just can't wait for that you've got a glass of wine in your hand you've maybe got a little bit more Mm. courage from your glass of wine and your crap day and I feel like you're
1: attacking me Scarlett
0: no no no. this is what I do all the time I have a
1: glass of wine here
0: (laughs) but you know what I like the amount of purchases I make like that where I'm like screw it I'm gonna do it and then like Mm. deal with the consequences after I think it's being yeah. more considered. I think it's, you know, most places now you can save something in your basket, revisit it in like a week. If it's at yeah. of oh, wow. Well. Like, you know, yeah. and if you're really desperate for it, you go looking for it. You search eBay, you search wherever. Like, and mm-hmm. those will be the items that tell you what you actually really wanted. Um, mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. What's on your mind? What's lingering on your mind?
0: Yeah, exactly. It's like it's like with anything, really. It's like you know, got to like sit and think on it and make sure you've made like you know mm-hmm. a sound rather than like a rash decision. And um, mm-hmm. I guess that would be something. And I should definitely take my own advice, <laughs> 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 a preacher. Um, but also, I think if your pockets allow it, it would be to buy like more of like a one-off piece that's like more more money more special has a story around it that you've saved up for but also don't make that for like maybe someone's wedding invest that in like your every day like mm. do you know what I mean like that's why people like I know yeah those people where they spend like money on a really nice dress for a wedding because there'll be lots of photos and that'll be lovely but like mm actually why don't you invest in like a really nice pair of jeans if you can wear jeans to work or like whatever your everyday sort of items are like a, a quality yeah. white t-shirt or like that like i don't know i think that's probably a little bit better than the stuff that sits in your wardrobe all those frocks that have a one day a year outing
1: yeah that's such a good point yeah putting more value in like things that you're potentially gonna where? which is kind of crazy yeah.
0: because like if I could get a t-shirt like from for eight pounds from Zara and it's nice and you can't see my bra through it why should I spend like <laughs> 40 pounds on it like or 50 yeah. from like Anessa Porte or whatever but I don't know it doesn't necessarily have to be something that simple but like you know what I mean mm. yeah how about you um
1: oh, honestly like I think for me, it's like mending your stuff, yeah, and you know having things fit, yeah, mm-hmm. like and having things fit you to the point that like you love wearing them, like because I personally have bought stuff and I'm like, I want to make it shorter, yeah, or I I feel like it's too baggy, let me take it in, and I'll take it to get altered. And literally, I'm not I'm talking like a tenner. Like I know someone down my road who will make my skirts or my dresses or my trousers short for a tenner and I've worn the stuff like day in day out and so I've really got use out of it and taking your stuff to the dry cleaners it sounds foreign to people of our generation maybe yeah um but like when you buy a suit you know those cohorts and those suits and stuff oh yeah
0: the jacket's not meant to (laughs) Yeah,
1: exactly (laughs) like for example the jacket is not meant to go in the washing machine it will lose its shape and stuff like that and look at the tags and take it to the dry cleaner like be organized take it to the dry cleaner so that you can continue to wear it so that not when it looks shabby you're like okay i've given up on this now
0: Mm.
1: you're like it's got a new lease of life and i'll wear it with other things and you know whereas like our mums as i said like and our dads had suits and all yeah. that week after week and they took it to the dry cleaners and then it continued to wear it and um we don't have the experience of that level mm. of care when it comes to our clothes or attention when it comes to our clothes and I think that makes a massive difference like you can just own things for so much longer
0: but I also I, I also like kind of combining those two points is like the more that you invest in like and I don't mean financially I mean like physically if it is that you are sat there you watch a YouTube video of how to just like take that bit in or sew Mm. up that hole that's just happened on the seam or whatever the Mm. more time you invest into those pieces like the more you almost like get out of them yeah you know what I mean like the more we kind of like care to spend time or look after them like the more they'll become like we'll have them in 10 years time or whatever
1: yeah definitely yeah definitely it's like um like blankets that your grandma knitted for you when you were a baby and then your mum pulls it out
0: <laughs> and they've been like, and, and then she's like, like darned in places.
1: Yeah, your mom pulls out, she's like, I'm keeping it because someone made that for yeah. you when you were a newborn, and I cannot bear to throw it out because
0: someone so much
1: time yeah. and emotion has gone into that. Yeah, um, yeah, I just have a few, a list of websites that I thought might be quite practical for people to, yeah, definitely scribble down or remembering things but in terms of resale um and kind of recycling fashion obviously we'll also post
0: them on instagram
1: yeah um there's Vestiaire collective which you've spoken oh, about yeah. before there's Farfetch; they have a pre-love section There's which Vinted.
0: really good
1: yeah it is it is very good i've never bought anything from that section but yeah the stuff there is is good um um vinted um i had a snoop on today and i really like the format the the vis- like the way you can see stuff presented is almost better than ebay yeah. and it's not an auction site it's just buy but they'll show you the different options of like postage and the different prices of postage and you can see okay, like cool. multiple images of off it, of the item off the bat i don't know it's just presented better um then there's the real real had a little bit of controversy in regards to selling fakes, but <laughs> that's a whole nother story for a whole nother day. Mm-hmm. Um, but the Real Real have a lot of like genuine um, items and they're about reselling vintage and older pieces. Um, Fashion File, mm-hmm. which is really big in the US, I've never been on it, but they're really big out there. So maybe they have a UK portion stock x which is for sneakerheads out there it's a lot of reselling if you're into like um sneakers tra- trainers and those sorts of things obviously went the runway and we mentioned patagonia but hopefully if there's people who are out there who want to make a change and where they shop and where they buy things i thought those might be some options
0: yeah definitely definitely good work
1: mm-hmm. anything else Scarlett?
0: i think i think that's my soapbox done for the day
1: <laughs> yeah i'm not on a soapbox because i just bought a bit of fast fashion this morning but
0: yeah. <laughs> hey i'm looking around my room and like we're, we're all we're all sadly victims of it yeah we are. Uh...
1: Okay, well, guys, thanks for listening to our episode, as always. Um, Five-star reviews. Email us on styleoversubstancep at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at podcaststyle. And styleoversubstancepod on Instagram.
0: Yep, yep. (laughs) (laughs) What, what? What, what? We need that audience again. Hey! Yeah. we need to get a we
1: need to get a we need to get a track yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. oh okay, man mate. oh well, well. Thanks, i've mim. been mim
0: and i've been scarlet see you next week guys bye, bye. <laughs>